We have Rebecca Ferguson's in Dune, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan fucking movie. Stellan Skarsgård. Dave Batista, Zendaya, David Dasmalkian, really? Jason, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem. Everybody is in this fucking movie. Everybody's in this movie, dude. Directed by Denny Villeneuve. Yes. Music by Hans Zimmer. Yes. Like, I just like, man, I really hope that this isn't the one that he whiffs. Right, because like I didn't see, I haven't seen like Sicario or anything before Arrival. I'm just, but... the big thing that I'm hesitant about is it's not it's not fucking Deacons filming it. Yeah, well, Deacons didn't. Did Deacons do? Oh, Deacons did Blade Runner. Deacons Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Did he do um, Arrival? No, he didn't do Arrival. Arrival was ex- excellent. And that's what the other guy did. No, he didn't do Arrival. The guy's got filming. The cinematographer is great. Uh, Greg, Greg Frazier. No, this guy's this guy's credits are most recently he did Foxcatcher, The Gambler, well, Lion, well, what, Rogue what One. Say, what I'm saying is like v- Villeneuve, I think, is such a visual director that I don't think he needs an amazing cinematographer. Blade Runner, Blade Runner has some incredible shots that that you Deacon's, know. I mean, like, like if if you look back, hold on, but if you look back at these movies, so Vice, you know, Vice had really cool cinematography. Rogue One had did excellent it? cinematography. Yeah. Lion had really good cinematography. I didn't see Foxcatcher, The Gambler, Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, he won an award for it. But there, there, he's done some. This, this guy's done some good stuff. Three episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, he was nominated for best cinematography for Lion. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, it's not like it's not like Zack Snyder, right? Where Zack Snyder leans heavily on a cinematographer to be good. Um. It's. I think. I think Villeneuve has enough of his own vision to not need an amazing cinematographer. Because what are the the guy who did Arrival? What what else has he done? Was Bradford Young? Young has done. He did a most violent year. He did Selma. Right. So like all perfectly good stuff, right? But like nothing as good as Arrival. He did Solo, right? Which is like fine. But like Arrival was excellent. Yeah, but how many of these movies are? And it's interesting that Villeneuve had two films out in 2013. Um, well, Pr- De- Prisoners, Deacons Prisoners was Sicario. Deacon, Sicario was Deacon, Sicario was Deacon, yeah. was Deacon. Prisoners, you know, the thing is, like, uh, you know, I will say this. I thought Prisoners was good, but I, I feel like there weren't. It seemed like there's some really great shots, but a- actually that, that Deacons didn't get much opportunity to do, like, there's only a couple shots on that entire movie that I'm like actually thought were, you know, anything. But I don't know. I would I would say, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, uh, hold on, Jesus. Hmm. Did you know? Because we we're already talking about Dune. Did you know? Um, oh, Jesus. Um, don't call it a comeback the the song on this album uh has a has a <laughs> reference to dune um there's 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 a uh there's a lyric that goes by will alone i set my life in motion or we set our lives in motion which is a which is a direct reference to uh the previous dune film 
the what? Who directed that one? Uh, oh, uh, Lynch, right? That was David Lynch, yeah. right? Yeah, it was Lynch. Yeah, my uh, my ex's best friend loved that movie and the book. I remember. I haven't seen it. All I all I know about it is reading someone make some comment about like a bunch of the material being cut. There being a bunch of material cut out of it. No idea if that's true. I'm. I am very. I'm just. I'm just. It's not even the Dune part. I'm just excited about it more. Filmative about more Danny films. Villeneuve. He's. Yeah, he's absolutely. so good. He's so like. It's just hit after hit. Like he's he's not made. A, I mean, I, again, I haven't seen all the uh, all the earlier stuff, but his last two were so excellent. Like Arrival was transcendent. I saw that. I saw Arrival with my dad, and we came out of that movie, and he's like, he he just didn't like it, and I was like, what? Did we watch different movies? <laughs> like it was so good. <laughs> Like I, I was so confused. I'm like, what, what movie did you watch? That was one of the best movies I've ever seen. I've seen it. I'm not one for the that like alien. I just in general no, don't like me neither. But I think it was just such a good. I don't know. So well written and so well acted and so well directed. Oh, like I have, no, I have no doubt. It's I'm just I you know I just have these you know. They are very arbitrary. I don't know. I would say when it comes to Dune, I'm a uh, hype with a capital H. Helicopters, and welcome to this episode of Motion City Podcast. This is seven, episode seven, sounds right. Uh, I am, as always, Naim Siddiqui, your host. Joining me, as always, is Jacob Walden, your co-host. How's it going, Jake? It's going great. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Capital H, let's do it. Capital H. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I picked the song this week. Why did I pick the song? Uh, mostly so that I could talk about uh, the show. Uh, they uh, so I went to the uh, the Milwaukee show uh, on Friday, which would now be two Fridays ago as this is releasing. Um, it was the the last show, like sort of their ramp up show to their three Minnesota shows, uh, the Minneapolis shows that they played at the Fillmore, uh, and uh, it was sick as fuck. The Valentine's Day <laughs> show. It was a Valentine's Day show. Yeah, Motion Day soundtrack was my Valentine. Um, the, the the big reason that I picked it uh, for that for that reason is because uh, at the show I, I had a VIP ticket, and VIPs uh, for this tour got a seven inch uh, split uh, single of uh, a reworking of Capital H and Mary Without Sound, which we're going to talk about later when we talk about alternative versions. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, it was a it was a pretty cool show. Um, I don't know the the VIP experience. I've never done VIP before. I was supposed to at one show in like 2015. Uh, I was, was there, I think the second to last tour, so 2016 maybe. Um, 
I guess not last, second to final tour, quote unquote final, um, the the last tour before their farewell tour, uh, and uh, I, I paid for the VIP ticket and then didn't see the email saying I needed to be there at a certain time, so I thought <laughs> I had the day free, so I like rolled on like an hour and a half early, and they're like, yeah, no, the VIP thing's all done by now. I was like, oh, all right, okay. And uh, that was Aww. that. So, <laughs> so I did it this time, and uh, I also was in the mosh pit for the first time uh, ever in my life because I was like, "Look, I'm I'm almost 27. Actually, as this is releasing, I will I will be 27 years old uh, by the time this episode comes out." Uh, and I was like, "Like, I'm I'm 27. I'm too old to be in a mosh pit at this point, pretty much. Um, but I've never done it before, so now is the time. Like, I'll do it now, and that way I'll know what it's like." to have been in a mosh pit and then I don't have to do it again. <laughs> like, you know, either I can do it again or I don't have to do it again. What's nice about the mosh pit at a Motion City soundtrack concert is that they're a pop punk band from 20 years ago. So, um, everybody is in their mid thirties. Like, uh, uh, everybody around us, there was one girl who was 17 who discovered the band after they broke up. And then everybody else was between the ages of 32 and 37. That was, that were, that was like next to me who I was talking to. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, it's not going to be that bad. And it wasn't that bad. There were like a handful of people who were like, you know, going crazy. And even so the guy who was standing right next to me, uh, super cool guy, Dave was his name. Uh, I think, um, and he, uh, like he was 36. He's like, I, 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 he'd been going to shows since 2003. Like that was, I'm the movie era. He said he'd like, he saw Blink-182 in 1998 before Enema of the State came out. Um, it was just like, he's just been going to shows forever. That's what he does, right? He just goes to concerts and, and like meets, meets bands. Like, cause you know, like whatever in 2003, most of the soundtrack, like there's, there's eight people there to see Motion City Soundtrack and everybody else is there to see whatever band Motion City Soundtrack was opening for. So, uh, like, he goes and he hung out with the band. Like, um, so, uh, and he was like, you know, like, you know, there are like six people who were, like, causing an actual problem. And I was like, at points, because my, my favorite was at the Encore, um, which I, I, so I got the set list for the show as well. Tony, Tony handed me the set list. And I don't know if he was aiming for the girl next to me. Um, <laughs> But to be fair, uh, she was very small, and uh, I was like running like football defense on her the whole night from getting moshed at. Like I was legitimately like I had planted my legs in a specific way. The only the only time that like she really got hit was when I was trying to record all of Time Turned Fragile for myself. The rest of the night I was like standing there fully like guarding, like trying to have the, the most stable I could so that so that uh, the two the people in front of me were not getting smashed up. Um, anyway, so the setlist is on our Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash motion city pod um but uh before they come out for the encore uh which i don't know what else they did in the encore and other shows apparently they'd done a couple three song encores but at least in chicago uh on new year's eve and also um in milwaukee on valentine's day um the two most romantic days <laughs> i was with i was with motion city soundtrack <laughs> um hey, but, cheers, uh, man. there you go yeah um but um uh the encore was uh, LG Fouad and then um, 
Future Freaks Me Out, which, you know, makes sense, right? If they're not going to play it earlier in the, in the set, they have to play it at that point. Um, I think, uh, and also I think somebody, like, the, you know, the last song they played was Hold Me Down, um, which, you know, they generally, that's how they've closed out shows for a while with Hold Me Down. Like, that's that's just, a, it's a it's a great closing song. It's their most, it's, it's the closing song of their biggest album. Makes sense. Um, but like, just so many people were cheering for songs that like, you know, like, like you know, like okay, we're gonna play one more song, and somebody else is like, play bomb pops, and it's like they're not gonna play bomb pops as the last song of that. What the fuck are you talking about? And then they play hold me down. It's like, okay, hold me down. I guess that's fine too. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course they're gonna play hold me down. And then they come out for an encore, like, all right, we're gonna play a couple more songs for you guys. And it's just like, play Throwdown. Like, they're not gonna play Throwdown. Are you kidding me right now? Like, nobody's playing Promenade. Like, that's not what's happening right now. Like, maybe if I played it in the middle of the set, okay, I'd believe it. But they're not fucking playing Promenade tonight. Are you kidding me right now? Like, I think the last time they played Throwdown live was uh, the final show. And before that, I think it was like seven years earlier. Um, like, they've, I don't think they've really played it since the. Uh, like maybe commit this to memory era. Uh, the only reason they played at that final show is because they played like forty-five songs. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, it was a it was a dope show. Got to stand up front. If you if you see any of the videos from uh, that night that were recorded on somebody's camera phone, uh, I'm very close to the front wearing an LG Fwad hat, uh, and uh, I'm the only brown person there. Um, <laughs> I'm not the only brown person. There were some like Latino people. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it was it was dope. I'm actually uh, Lucky Boys Confusion, which is also which is another band that I uh, another pop punk band from the mid 2000s um, that I like and my brother really likes are playing near here in the Chicago suburbs on April 11th, and like uh, Dave was the one who told me that. And I was like, shit, like, yeah, I think I might go to that show. And I asked my brother, I'm like, hey, you want to you go to the show on April 11th? He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. So uh, I think I think we're going to go to that show and reconnect with uh, with my pal Dave. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe in like 15 episodes, uh, Dave will be a guest <laughs> on the show. <laughs> um so yes that is that is that uh that was the show so let's talk about the song capital h like i said i picked it because of that also i mean it's also a good song i like the song uh one interesting thing about capital h is that it's got the most like recorded alternative versions uh i think of any motion city soundtrack song because um it happened like it was just it was one of the very early songs so it was on uh, the early EPs, so it was on the the Back to the Beat EP, the first song on the Back to the Beat EP. It was on the uh, the split with Shotzi, and then it was on I Am the Movie, which is interesting because it was on on the original release of I Am the Movie. They added it on for the like the the, the re-release, like you know the, the official tap 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 release. But there was the um, independent, like the fully independent release of I Am the Movie. Uh, Capital H was not on there. Um, and it was so, yeah, added on. They they said they didn't like how the original sounded, so that's why they, they completely re-recorded it and put it on uh, the Epitaph version. Um, so the Epitaph version has, has uh, I think, 
four more songs. No, three. Uh, yeah, f f four more songs than the original version. I think we talked a little bit in AOK because AOK was on the original epitaph, the original uh, pre-epitaph release. But um, they wrote like before that. They they wrote Perfect Teeth, um, Modern Chemistry, and Autographs and Apologies. Those were not on the original release of I Am the Movie. And then Capital H also was on the original release, and they re-recorded it and put it on the new release. And uh, I think. Um, yeah, I think the 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 re-release version of Capital H is longer than the original. The original uh, is it? Yeah, the original is two forty-five, and the re-release is two fifty-two. So not that they much. They say longer. what they don't like about it. Did they said anywhere? I know. I know that's. Uh, you know, I don't know. Been, what, Seventeen years, um, but and actually, on the Shotzi split, it's two fifty-one. So I think it's about the same length. Uh, I didn't. I didn't happen to. I actually uh, forgot to do all the research um, <laughs> that I usually do. Um, but uh, so I, I'm not sure. But I think maybe it was just like, you know, I, it's one of those things too, where like when they didn't have a lot of money to record, because there there are like it is a lot tighter, right? The I'm the movie version is a lot tighter. Well, I think with the Shotzi um, version, the I'm the movie, like. Shotzi feels very different from everything else, whereas the the one they have feels much, you know. Well, tighter, the, the Shotzi said, version, the also... Shotzi version, and the Back to the Beat version, um, both sound very similar. There's like a, a couple differences here and there. I think, like, so on, on the Back to the Beat version, that's the one that I've listened to more of uh, in the last couple of days uh, in preparation. Um, there's there's a moment before they goes to the solo, like he goes like, "Take it, Josh." Um, uh, yes, so, which is is it in the Shotzi version? I don't. I don't know if that's in the Shotzi or the Back to the Beat, or if it's in both. I know it's in the Back to the Beat. I don't think it's in the. I don't know if it's in the Shotzi version. I don't. I don't think it is. Um, Shotzi. By the way, Shotzi is the name of a different band, but it's a Shotzi split. Like it's a split EP with Shotzi, and I don't know if Shotzi um has done anything in a long time. Uh, ninety six to 04. Yeah, so they haven't really been around in a while. Um. But yeah, so the the the, the split with Shotzi, uh, which I guess we'll we'll call the Shotzi version. Um, yeah, I, there there are a few differences, um, and then I don't, I didn't notice in in either the earlier versions. Do um, when like when they when they're singing the end, do uh, is there is there the under um, like. I don't know, the backing vocals saying songs from the balcony as the city crumbles singing songs from the balcony. Because I know there's that in the final version. Do you happen to remember? There is a, there is backing vocals in the Shotzi version. Um, okay. Because I know that Kisrin just, that's the one I've listened to the most. Like, don't, right. I didn't listen to the... the um, Back to the Beat version. Back to the Beat version. But they're definitely, they're definitely backing vocals in the Shotzi. I don't know that I can make them out exactly uh, because I am listening mostly to Justin that part, but like, yeah. Well, here, let me let me let me play it at the end of the uh, um, back to the beat version. Yeah, I don't know when to start, and I just know, yeah. Yeah, there's... yeah. I, I I just listened a little bit of it right now to. So no, oh, that's not what I'm talking about. I think that uh, no, there, it's it's um, earlier on. Let me find it. Here, hold on, because here's, here's the back to the here's the Shotzi version. Uh, oh. 
Yeah. So it's, it's a little quiet, but you can hear it in the Shotzi split version. I thought, man. Uh... It's, it's, it's the very end of the song, so. Um, they, they, they both start exactly the same. Like the oh, riff, just, I'm, the I'm feeling bad right now because I'm like, uh, I thought I thought the, the back to the beat version was like playing. I thought that was the Shotzi split. Um, but, it, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, like, I mean, yeah, they are very the similar. There's, there's not like a lot of huge changes. Like the beginning, um, here I'll play the beginning here, which is exactly the same in both versions. Here's the Shotzi version, and here's the Back to the Beat version. One's a little bit lower, but yeah, both both of those have that. That it's just that. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. Feeling. It's a little different, but like it's almost exactly the same. Whereas the final version, um, which I did not pull up, uh, like an amateur, um, it, uh, has a little bit here. It's it's this. You got it. Got it in one. Edit. So it's it's a little bit different than the than the two um, previously recorded versions. Uh, which are like it doesn't have that 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 starting of the like the you know two sort of um, muted chords at the beginning, it just starts right with the song, which I you know I like. Um, but also the um, back to the beat, like on back to the beat, it was the first song in the album, so on the EP rather, so it makes a little bit more sense to start with like a statement. Like it would be weird on like anything at all, right? Which starts the album on a. Uh, um, panic stations Mm -hmm. like it starts with let's do this right but it'd be weird if it started with let's do this and it was like the sixth song on the album um so i like i get it right like it makes sense to start with a statement if it's the start of this uh the ep or the album but if it's track 10 like it is on on the final release of i in the movie you don't really want to start with a statement like that because it's its own song um so uh Got anything else for the the early versions? Any other any other things you yeah, noticed? Absolutely. You know what the Shotzi version made me think of? And we play it. I'm gonna play it just a little bit just to confirm this for myself. Yeah, I got just I listened to this and I got the strongest summer camp vibes. Yeah. I I, f- I feel like I feel like no. I just like like it. It feels like his singing is I don't know the name of the lead singer of Summer Camp, but it feels like. The vocals are like there's a uh, extreme similarity to me in the in, in the vocals between the two. Um, like summer camp is a band. Yeah. Okay. Never heard of. Them. Uh, <laughs> um, I so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the drums a lot, which I think is important um, because I think, you know, I I read an article uh, that was talking about when Tony returned to the band uh, that, like, it's arguable that Tony's drums are the second most important part of the band behind Justin, right? Like that. And, and you know, I think I think Claudio did an admirable job in his, in his stead. And in the interview, even Tony's like he saw Claudio playing those Commit This to Memory parts because I think the first tour after Tony left the band was the Commit This to Memory 10th anniversary tour and he saw Claudio playing the drums and he's like he's playing them exactly like I played them like Claudio, Claudio was was Tony's drum tech too before um, before he was you know the drummer for the band he was Tony's drum tech for a while um, so so that I mean it's interesting but um, so the early versions in 2000 Tony wasn't part of the band yet 
So I don't I don't know about the Shotzi split. I think he might have been for the for the Shotzi split, but for the Back to the Beat version, Tony wasn't the drummer on that. Um, he was on the album version, obviously. Like all the albums are, are Tony, besides obviously Panic Stations because he already left the band. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think you, you you can hear a little bit of a difference. I think that the drums are just like a little tighter, just a, a little bit on on later versions because obviously you know um, somebody else wrote the drum parts. Uh, let's see, it was Joel Habedank or something like that um, around that time. Um, but, um, you know, by the time Tony started performing them, I think it was, it was a lot tighter of a, of a drum part, I guess. Did you, did you, did you listen for the drums much? I, 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 I should warn you to listen for the drums more often, <laughs> um, because it was the, for, for some reason of the first seven songs we've done, six of them have had something to be listened to for the no, drums. it's just, I don't feel like I've ever, uh, you know, uh, the 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 big thing is the obvious thing. You have the which you which you've already said multiple times. The album version being recorded in a different environment has right. more tight everything. So you definitely notice a roughness in the back to the beat version and the Shotzi version. Yeah, um, which is interesting. I mean, you know, there's not necessarily uh, something bad about the roughness. I actually, you know, I, uh, when listening to the back to the beat version, also I listened to it in the context of the whole album. And there's, um, gosh, I forget the name of the song that comes on after uh, Capital H on Back to the Beat. Um, but, uh, oh man, is it just called Deep Beat? I think it is. <laughs> um, I really like that song. And it's a really short song. Yeah, it's, it, it is Back to the Beat. Uh, when I, We'll talk about that, obviously, when we do a full episode on it. But it's... Uh, uh, it's a song that I wish was a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I think it, it works really well with the, you know, with the in the flow of both Back to the Beat and I in the Movie. I in the Movie comes after Modern Chemistry and before... Oh, no. Um, maybe that's... Oh, no, The Red Dress, before Red Dress. Um, so it's interesting, you know, like, Capital H is one of those songs that's just, like, it's energetic and it's fun. Um... And like modern chemistry is, is is a great song, but like it's I believe in medication. Like it's just a little bit of like a you know chill out. And then red dress is you know again, I don't know, highly emotional, I guess. Whereas capital H is just like it's just f- fun. It's it's a nice like fun interlude before you go to red dress. Remember that sound? Autographs and apologies, which is a slow song, and then a okay, which picks it back up at the end. So I, I, I like it as I honestly it, it feels kinda like a the start of a side B, which it's not. I believe side B starts with Don't call it a comeback. I'll have to check that. Um Do you have something else you want to say while I uh, <laughs> you want to can you vamp for time while I run and grab the album? It's it'll take me two seconds. I will talk more about summer camp. How about that? Go ahead. Yeah, I began to notice when I was listening to the the Shotzi version that that there was just a, a similar vocal quality. I still don't know any of these terms, um, but it sounded like well, I I just realized I was there was some kind of I don't know feeling not not like I'd heard it before, but just like you know how a song can sound like it's by you know how sometimes when uh when a band makes a song it might sound like it's by somebody else um not in a bad way but what i got from that was i was thinking of the song um 
I think it's Nowhere Near by Summer Camp, which is a song of the Digimon the movie soundtrack. And the reason why why I know the band and know that song, but that's just the the feeling I got from the two was was a similar similarity there. Um, I guess I'd say it's the least that of any song I've heard. And granted, this is the this is the old old version. However, however, you know, fifteen plus years ago that it was recorded. Um, but that's the least I guess I've Justin has sounded like Justin, even though like even re-listening to it right now makes it like no, he's he's there. There's, there's definitely other songs on Back to the Beat where I'm like, it doesn't really. That's, I, I know it's Justin, but it doesn't sound a lot like Justin. But when I say something, when I say something like that, I always mean it. Like I always think that's that's neat. Like I like. No, when, no, uh, it's never a bad thing. I, I, I said the same thing about Perfect Teeth, where it just sounds like he's doing something different, and that's not a bad thing. It's just yeah. it's different. He does it does it differently live. When we talk about Perfect Teeth, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. But um, so real quick, side A. Speaking of Perfect Teeth, the last song on side A is is it's it's Perfect Teeth and then a thousand paper cranes as a vinyl bonus. And then side B starts with Boombox Generation, which is, uh, it's weird to me that Thousand Paper Cranes starts, like, is on is on the back, is on the last song of side A instead of the last song of side B. I feel like that, that messes up the flow of the album, especially because I feel like Don't Call It a Comeback would be a fun way to start a side of an album, right? It'd be Perfect Teeth and Boombox Generation, and then you start side B with Don't Call It a Comeback, mm-hmm. but whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. Um... <laughs> Uh yeah. Um oh, another interesting thing. I don't know if it is in the album version. Um but when they do this song live for sure, the drummer, be it Tony or Claudio, um sings the backing vocals. Usually it's Matt uh um who sings most of the backing vocals in on on anything live. Um, and like sometimes, you know, sometimes Tony will sing some stuff and sometimes Josh will sing some stuff, but most of the backing vocals are, are done by Matt. Um, but in this, like anytime they're live, it's always Tony or when it's, you know, when it wasn't Tony, it was Claudio, um, which I find interesting. First of all, uh, kudos to any drummer who can sing while drumming. Uh, I don't know how Phil Collins fucking does it, but, um, (laughs) But um, it is interesting that that this song specifically, you know, maybe like I could I could understand if it you know part of it is that um, when like Tony and Matt joined the band at the same time they they were part of a different band and then joined Motion City Soundtrack they were sort of poached into Motion City Soundtrack and that's how they joined the <laughs> band. Um, but uh, it's it's I don't know it's interesting that that Tony sings backing vocals like even even Josh I'd understand right because like okay the only two who have been with the band since the since day one are Josh and Justin right like the, the band was started by Josh for like Josh and Justin cool I get that um but like it's just it's uh I don't know it's it's interesting that then Tony does the backing vocals because I, I when I when I look back, uh, so looking looking at the timeline on Wikipedia, which could be wrong, you know, it's possible that Joel Habedank sang some backing vocals. It's possible that you know Sidney Bergdorf sang some backing vocals. Um, but uh, it lists Josh as the only backing vocalist for the band until um, until Tony and Matt joined, and then they were also listed as backing vocalists. So I I don't know if you know if they just like if a song was written for Joel Habedank to be singing backing vocals and then 
you know, he left the band and, and the part went to, to Tony to sing. Um, or if it's just, you know, for some reason they decided Tony's voice was best for it instead of Matt's. Or, you know, Tony technically joined the band a little bit before Matt. Um, so I, I, I literally, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even guess why why it's it is as as it is but it, it's cool i like that uh that tony thing the backing vocals it's it's different um what else is this thing backing on i mean there's like there's you know there's there's songs where like everybody sings backing on stuff mm-hmm. i can't think of anything off the top of my head um but like um but in general it's almost entirely um matt matt Uh, I just don't even don't even often think about the backing vocals on. Uh... Except for for the tongues were there were there very noticeable. Uh... Yeah, like you know, well, f- so like in everything is all right, and uh, mm-hmm. um, Hangman, which they don't do live very often, but. Uh, uh, you know those those parts in the original album were, um, oh, I forgot his name from Fallout Boy, Patrick Stump, Patrick Stump, and mm-hmm. uh, and Mark Hoppus from Lego Eighty Two, um, but when they do them live, it's it's uh, Matt. But there's there's other songs uh, like Time Turned Fragile. Uh, you know I was nervous from the start when our muscles might tear us apart. The muscles tearing us apart. And actually, Justin also sings that, but then also Matt, like, you know, harmonizes on it sometimes. There's other harmonies, too, that they do. Um, but, yeah, I can't think of anything specifically that is, that is Tony or the drummer doing. Uh, okay, here's, so this is uh, an early enough song that we can go to songmeanings.com, everyone's favorite, favorite segment of the show. Songmeanings.com. Well, well, let's talk about some of the lyrics first uh, ourselves before we before we taint our opinions with the the geniuses at songmeanings.com. Well, the structure of the song itself is just it's it's. I feel like this is the only song where you know, aside from the yeah, every you know every main verse is beginning with "I'll be back." Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back in the ballroom swinging. I like Almost that. entirely, except for like the one that's quarter to eleven. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, like it. Uh, you know, I know like like repetition can be a problem, but this 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 feels like it kind of goes past that right back into being a creative take on a on a you know writing a song, writing the lyrics of a song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, so. If taken literally, right, it's it's he's singing about being a superhero, uh, and you know maybe not being a superhero at times. I'm half drunk, I can't see straight. A hero zero with a capital Z, uh, singing songs from the balcony as the city crumbles under the powers of an evil rocket science monster with the capability to destroy the entire <laughs> yeah, universe. Yo, I I always get a kick of how he sings it, of how he actually just how he kind of talks it. Yeah, he like sort of under the powers of an evil rock science mind with capabilities to destroy the entire universe. <laughs> like he sort of gives up on it halfway through. <laughs> um, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's for, and it's like that's one that's always in my head has been the abilities because capabilities is such an extra syllable with it's the ability to destroy Justin the entire universe. Syllable. 
but it is it is such a just and syllable. You're right. Under the powers of a rocket science monster with capabilities to destroy the entire universe. Yo. <laughs> um, I love which, it. Let me, let me double check to make sure, because I think yo might even actually be like an official lyric. Uh, it you is know, not. I noticed something between listening to the I'm the movie version versus listening to the other versions, the like the grimier versions, and it's that in this, the take of this being the typical self-deprecating, like, eh, kind of, kind of, probably won't succeed <laughs> uh, attitude comes through. Whereas in the earlier versions, I feel like it is more. I feel like the songs themselves are more confident about the lyrics, not like confident singing them, but like the 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 abstraction of the of the character of the the song. Like the person saying these things feels more confident in the early versions. Like, yeah, I am a hero. Whereas in this version, yeah. it feels like I'm a fuck up. Well, so yeah. Um, well, so like the um, uh, the take it, Josh. Right? Like take it, Josh feels confident as opposed yeah. to in the original in, in the the in the movie version. It's just like rock, right? Which is like it just it feels like a different sort of take, right? Like like take it, Josh. You know, as opposed to just like rock. Um, and even that, the rock is a lot like quieter. You you can you, you kind of almost barely hear it. Um, so some of the song meanings, uh, the first ones, pretty much agrees with you. Just saying he wants to be something bigger than what he is, but can never actually accomplish this. Uh, let's see. Um, just a lot about. I think the song is about a superhero with an alcohol problem. <laughs> just like <laughs> very a very straightforward reading. Maybe he says alcohol is his kryptonite. Which makes sense, right? That's that's where Justin is in life. He is yeah. an alcoholic, and alcohol kind of is kryptonite. You know, he's uh, he's sober now, but at the time he is uh, drinking like fucking crazy. <laughs> um, I was like, MCS is the kind of lyrics that, if they do have any kind of deep meaning, it's nothing that could be figured out just from hearing the song. Like, I think you're. I disagree. Every I wonder why the song is called time. Capital H. It's he said in the song. They say in the song. He says for hero in the capital, like <laughs> hero in the hero is me. Here's an interesting one though. Uh, when I first saw the title, I thought it was heroin. I think I'm wrong, but I don't <laughs> think you're wrong. Actually, he says that he says he thinks he's wrong, but I think it's actually like not unreasonable. Um, the capital H stands for hero and the hero is me. Like you kind of get, you kind of feel like you're Superman action and off to save the world when you're on heroin. I don't know. I I mean, like, and, and I'm, I don't know specifically that Justin did heroin, but I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like, he definitely did a lot of drugs and alcohol at that time. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, you know, chasing the high of heroin, capital H, for hearing the hero is me, and then I'll be back tomorrow for more heroin. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not reason. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back for more heroin. <laughs> I'll be back with the cash. It stands for heroin, and the heroin is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. No, not just because I don't want it to be, but I don't. I, I'll be back with a capital H. I. Well, I'm. I'm. I am a fan of any interpretation that just introduces a wild new take on it, which is required to think that capital H means heroin here, like. Boy, here's, this, this here's just a, radically alters the song. Um, here's a fun one. You're, you're a big history guy, right? Uh, no. No? I, I no? read a lot, but I'm not like a, not I'm a, a, a classically so, studied. Uh, uh, 
Live Fast, Die Young says, uh, I'm convinced that the song says the line, singing songs from the balcony as the city crumbles has to be an allusion to the Roman Emperor Nero, who, according to legend, played his lyre and sang songs as Rome burned in 64 AD. This connection is strengthened, I feel, by the fact that Nero rhymes with zero and hero. Well, Again, I don't hate, I like, I like the idea. I, I think it's possible that, like, Justin heard about that and just, like, stuck it in the back of his mind and then when he wrote the song he just like i i don't think it was an, an intentional reference to nero but I, I could buy it as like an unintentional reference to nero like he heard you know like sometimes you know as a songwriter um, <laughs> sometimes sometimes i like think of a phrase that sounds like it'll be a good lyric and i'll write it down and then i'll come back to it and i'll be like i don't know why i wrote this um but it's a good lyric and maybe i'll put it in something like i think actually at the at the show there were a couple of things that he said, and there was, I think there was one thing that Justin said. Let me see if I can find it. That I was like, that would make a good lyric. Let me let me jot that down. Um, oh, just like the words, the word "gathering of humans." I don't know. There's something about like the words "gathering of humans" that appeals to my ears. You know, like so. It's like you know. I think. I mean, I th- I think that the the narrow connection. I think that's fine. I don't think I don't think there's necessarily a deeper meaning to it other than that being a you know that's a that is an ancient um, you know ancient yeah. story. So you're going to here's expect to see here's, here's it an interesting thing. Uh, the feeling of I could like it's a procrastination. I could do all this stuff and it'd be really epic, but I'll be back tomorrow. I'll I be like back that tomorrow. One. Actually, I like that one a lot. Today no. I'm getting drunk and I'll be back tomorrow to could do all do this today, cool stuff. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I, I like that one. I, Yeah, doing nothing as, as um, Rome burns is, or doing nothing as you know X burns is just that's not you know, like I don't I think the near connection is a stretch. That's just a common expression. I don't anyway. I don't hate the heroin thing. Again, I don't have a problem with it. I just like you have to reinterpret the entire song, which is which I don't is, think you really fun. do. I don't think you really have to reinterpret it that much. If as long as you call like. The capital H is doing the heroin, and then you feel like a hero. I think that's tomorrow. I think it's I'll be back with the in the bong swing, and I'll be back with the capital H. I'll be back with heroin. It stands for heroin and the. Well, sure. <laughs> I, um, like obviously, like you can't. You like if you take it completely literally, nothing can make sense. Um, but like, yeah, the the hero, the, the capital H, the heroin stands for hero. The heroin makes like. It's a stand-in to make me a hero. Also, hero and heroine have, like, the first four letters of heroine are hero, right? Like, heroine is also the the uh, female version of hero. So, <laughs> it's not, like, super crazy. Obviously, it's spelled differently, but it's not, like, super crazy to assume it. Um, I don't know. Uh... Gosh, what else we got? I wonder if there's some uh, some meaning to capital H that maybe. Is heroin often maybe. referred to just as H? Heroin? Yeah. Yeah, probably. So you're saying it's like capital H, like a specific kind of heroin for some reason? No, just, just, just you know. I mean, I'm sure that's a slang because everything's, sl- everything's slang for drugs, but. Sure. Yeah. Um, do 
we have anything else about the song? Uh, I don't know, synth part, the guitar solo. Yeah, just kind of what I mentioned at the beginning, which is that uh, the structure itself is interesting to me. It's the you know same. I don't not in a bad way, but just it's the. So there's not a lot of there's one. not a lot of guitar solos in most of these soundtrack songs, to be honest. No, there's some. Feels no. like they're they're back heavy all on panics or a lot of it's on panic stations. That is true. Yeah, there's a lot of it on panic stations. Um. All right, let's do a couple of uh, covers and alternate versions. So uh found a few a couple covers of this on YouTube. It's nice with the older songs because they've been around for so long um, that uh, that there are covers of them. Uh, this one is from Kirch film. Uh, apparently the band is called Only Legal and the um, the YouTube video, their music video is all Lego, which is pretty decent. Nice. It's decent Legos. Uh, so here is Only Legal's cover of Capital H. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back in the ballroom singing. I'll be back with my Superman hat and I'm about to save the world. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back in the ballroom singing. I'll be back with a Capital H. Yeah, you know it's that uh, singing style is interesting. I don't think it's bad. It's just I'm not sure what to call that. I think I think it's just I think he's tr- trying, like he's really like pushing it, and probably would be better if it was a little more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, still post stuff on YouTube. A year ago, he did a Fantastic Beast Crimes of Griswold trailer. So like a National Lampoon's parody? Yes. Yes, it is. You, you got nice. it in one. Nice. <laughs> uh, I, believe, I, I believe just they replaced any instance of Johnny Depp with Chevy Chase. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and those deep fakes are getting mom, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish it was a deep fake. That would be even better. Soon, man. Uh, they're from Minnesota, so maybe they're just like, yeah, makes sense. So uh, the other one we have is from, oh, um, I don't know if the band is called C or what. Uh, the YouTube page is Superman, a.k.a. Sean, S-E-A-N, Sean. Uh, and this guy appears to, at the time in 2008, be approximately 14 years old. So here, uh, whatever, better than I could play guitar at 14 years old. Uh, here is at uh, C with capital H at the Rock Lobster, aka Northport Boys and Girls Club. I think it's uh, I think I like his voice. I think his voice was really um interesting. He he, he definitely had a band uh until at least 6 years ago cuz that's the last the last time I could see him playing music on YouTube. He might still have a band. Who knows? He was definitely uh 
older than he was in 2008, six years ago in 2014. Because, <laughs> you know, that's how time works. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the guitar solo, I think what's interesting is, so he plays the, like, the guitar solo himself, the lead singer does. And I think it's one of those things of, like, I don't know if he was happened to be the best guitarist in the band or if the other guitarist was better, but you kind of got to be like, you kind of have to have an ego to be a lead singer. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> um, so it's, it might just be that he thought he was better than he was. Um, or maybe he was the best. Like it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad rendition of it. It was, I mean, it wasn't great, but uh, you know, he hit most of the notes, right? Well, I mean, better than you could do. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> I respect the effort, but not the not the product. <laughs> not the product. Um, the final thing we have is oh no, not the final thing. We have two more. Uh, so second to last, this is um, we talked about a little bit when we did AOK the the live McNally Smith Auditorium uh, acoustic set, um, which is as we as a, a drum i keep banging nobody covers motion city soundtrack like motion city soundtrack i i like it's it's hard to realize it's it's easy to take take for granted how many like motion city soundtrack songs the band themselves did an alternate version of and real like realize that other bands don't do that that much <laughs> like you know sometimes they'll do it occasionally sometimes they'll do it for like a, an album or whatever like they'll do that kind of thing but like there's so many alternate versions of so many Motion City soundtrack songs that other bands just like don't do that kind of thing. Like I, I've gone back and been like, let me try to find like acoustic sets of Blink One Eighty Two, and it's like don't exist. And it's just it's not around. Um, so here is that acoustic of Capital H. One, two, three, one. I really like the beginning with uh, the whoa replacing the, the yeah, which yeah, they do throughout the song, and they and they had the audience pitch in with that too. I think it's really cool, especially because I think that's supposed to be like a like a synth part that. Yep. Um, and you know, like I think I think it's an acoustic set, so Jesse's doing it more on keyboard than synth, so they sort of get the audience engagement of having the whoas. Yeah, man, Justin um, is just Justin's nailing it. I mean, obviously he's a fantastic singer, but man. I yeah, like the, I feel like it shines through more there than. What's uh, What's really fun is um, uh, if you haven't heard if you haven't heard this again, like I think like we said on the AOK episode, it's all on YouTube. You can watch the full set. They go through the whole album, alternate versions. Um, but what's fun about this is so Justin after the um song said he was trying to do a joke um where he was going to do something different, but uh, Claudia didn't pick up on it, so uh, it becomes a different sort of joke. So uh, it's uh, it's one of our favorite parts. Here is. From the balcony out, the city crumbles under the powers of an evil Dr. Rocket Science monster with capabilities to destroy the entire universe. Or your. Whoa! <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is image. You know the and how about your mother when Ted's at the chalkboard and he's writing, spelling out professor and he's professor, looking at the yeah. class. I just have this image of someone playing the guitar and like looking at the crowd for each. Is that, is that not right? Well, well, it's right? funny too because like because Justin is like notorious for forgetting lyrics on stage. <laughs> Um, so like he, he meant to play a joke that he was pretending to forget the lyrics, but what actually happened was everyone thought he forgot the lyrics. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah. So, um, uh, but I, I really, I really enjoy that rendition, especially right at that point. Like, even if he, even if he like didn't get his joke, you know, stepped on like if, if it actually was the joke was he pretended to forget the lyrics the audience fills in the lyrics and then the song keeps going like i think it really works <laughs> it's really it's really enjoyable um and the kind of thing that you know that happens live that's more memorable than if it, if, if nothing had gone wrong yeah um trying to find the last here we go here's the the last the last version of capital h we have is from the VIP 7-inch split, um, which is, again, like I said, a reworked versions of Capital H and Mary Without Sound. Uh, the Capital H is... This one is definitely long. This one's 3 minutes, 14 seconds. So it's about um, about half a minute longer than the, than the album version. This one is... So it's interesting. Uh, I was talking a little bit before the show. The rumor... So there's nothing confirmed about this, but according to, um, I think, Sliver964 on the Motion Soundtrack subreddit, who is, like, the main moderator who's ever around, um, coincidentally, I'm the one who posted this <laughs> for them to be on the to be on the uh, Google Drive uh, of, of B-Sides and Rarities. But uh, the, the rumor that he says he heard is that they, they recorded the whole, like, a reworked version of the whole album, Um potentially around the time they did the, the the acoustic show and never released it and this might be from that and somebody said that at the commit this to memory 10 tour which i i don't remember the songs they played after the set but some of them were like reworked versions of uh of the i'm the movie songs so it would be interesting if they go back and like re-release some of these um you know, but uh, but here is the reworked version of Capital H, uh, not in its entirety, but here's some of it. So yeah, it's 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 quite different. I, I don't know. It's it's a lot like rougher guitar, like a lot more distorted of guitars in the background. The drums are a little bit like I don't know, like airier. I guess the song as a whole is slower. Uh, it's really interesting. I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on the cap? I know you really liked it. I do really like it. Uh, 
you know, it's it is a significant departure from the, like this. This feels like the not not necessarily critically, but like the Justin Pierre solo project, or you know, so, something that that is so different that it's as if it's another you know it's an entirely different backing band. Um, That's an interesting take. Yeah, it's possible. You know, it's possible that um, if this was recorded around 2014. It's possible that Claudio had a hand in, you know, writing it or, or, you know, rewriting it, I guess, Um, which would, you know, kind of is a different band at that point, right? Like if the drummer who sets so much of the tone for the band is different, like obviously, you know, he he is not just any random drummer, like he was Tony's drum tech and he played for Saves the Day and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Inside Out, like we've mentioned, is so different from everything else they've done um, that it, it, it would, I'd understand if maybe they, you know, this re-recording was so different. You know, these two re-recordings were so different because Claudio is a part of them. I'd be really interested to see if they released the whole thing. You know, I feel like at this point, maybe they wouldn't specifically because they've put out the uh, the seven inches, you know, and like and they're supposed to be exclusive. Um but who knows? Maybe they'll they'll put it out, you know, in some different format. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's such a weird rumor to me. I mean, like, this is what I was saying before the before we were recording. It's just, or what I was about to say anyway, which is like that's a weird thing for somebody to make up. Like, right? It'd be weird for somebody to make up, right? So, so it makes sense that maybe it's true, right? Like, why would somebody make that up? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm like I don't go go as far as like that being a general thing, but it's just like this is so niche. It's like, it's like such a weird. You know, did you know that Motion City soundtrack secretly recorded different versions of all of their albums? Well, not, all, all of this album, but that makes sense, right? I'm just saying, it's of like, course, yeah. But like, but like, it makes sense, right? Because because they, they did rewrite them for that for that live show. Um, so it would make some sense that they might have recorded some of them. So, you know, people have said they've heard some things that sounded like re-recorded well, versions. Know, the, um... And no, the other the other possibility, obviously. So um, you know, in October, uh, they were they were in the studio and they, and they were they recorded some stuff. And uh, you know, they said it was um, uh, with the hashtag Flowers for Ed yeah. because they recorded it in, in Ed Ackerson's studio after he passed away, um, which is called Flower Studio. And, you know, that that was my first assumption was that these were recorded in those sessions and nothing else has been released from those sessions. So I don't know if they're, you know, putting something out that they haven't put out yet or if it's this, this was what was on there. You know, no, no idea. Uh, maybe if, if, if Tony's if Tony, if you're listening, <laughs> I, I know you've heard you've heard some of the shows. Uh, he's, if he's you're listening, something. please. He's heard, definitely heard something. Uh, he tweeted out as I heard. I'm like, Tony, I don't know what you heard, but I hope it's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we don't uh, – anyway, so if, if you're listening, Tony, please let me know. Uh, let, like, let us know on Twitter, at MotionCityPod. Uh, was this did, – did, were you a part of this recording? Did you record this in, at, at uh, the late, great Ed Ackerson studio in October? Or did they record it with uh, Claudio in 2014? Who knows? Um, maybe we should have Claudio on the show at some point and ask him. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, I was, what I was about to say is that um, a recurring theme in Tyler Joseph's lyric writing, Tyler Joseph's 21 Pilots, is that he prefers 
playing live because then he does whatever he wants with the music and i wonder how how common of a you know among among musicians with with how how much motion city soundtrack does their own music you know specifically specific guitar joseph dislikes to, to an extent recording because it's there's a permanence to it and he likes doing whatever he wants with it and i wonder i, I wonder how how much that sentiment is shared you know, it clearly seems a, a good bit, at least with the Motion City soundtrack, because they, you know, they play around with uh, with all their songs on stage. Um, but I wonder if that's I wonder I wonder if that's if that's really common or or yeah more rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you're right I, I i don't i don't know for sure um that was one other thing oh uh before we go there was a interview in the minneapolis star tribune uh they interviewed uh justin and josh about the reunion tour uh because you know it was it was uh, a couple days it says it was published on February 15th, but I definitely read it on February 14th uh, and submitted it to Reddit on February 14th. So maybe it was like rewritten. Part of it might have been rewritten. I don't know. Um, but uh, in it, Josh, you know, they, I mean, you know, they talk about the, the band broke up for a big, re- a big reason that the band broke up is because they had um, – three of the guys had daughters like at home that they just like we got to go home to our daughters um it's interesting actually because i in, in that interview with tony uh tony mentioned that like he stays in contact like justin has said he has trouble staying in contact with the rest of the band sometimes because like you know they're in different corners of the world they got their own lives he hangs out with josh because they both still live in minnesota um and like josh produced uh his solo album but otherwise he doesn't really necessarily and uh tony like similarly was like you know doesn't really keep up with justin and josh but he and Jesse both live in LA, so they hang out sometimes. And he and Matt have been best friends for 20 years. Like they joined Motion City Soundtrack together uh, from I forget the name of the other band um, that they were a part of. Uh, I'm I'm such a bad super fan. I don't remember the name of uh, of the band that that they were sort of swiped from. Um, but uh, you know they've known each other you know from from way back in in Virginia. Submerge was the name of the band um and uh yeah that's uh so so yeah it's it's interesting anyway um so let me let me let me find the exact quote uh have more time to do stuff doing the meet and greets which is great um here we go so uh they asked if they're making a new album and Josh said, we haven't finished anything, but me, Justin, and Matt have thrown ideas at each other all along saying, if we do another album, this might be good for it. So if we decide to do something, we'll have plenty to pull from. There's no official plan, though. Personally, I don't think our group is done writing songs and making new music together, but nothing's for certain. Which which really sounds uh, really sounds like they might make a new album. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> like, that, that really sounds like testing the waters for, like, you know who knows we you know we we bandied some stuff about and you know I, I don't think we're done making music but nothing's in the plans now how much time did they uh, like, do they have mm-hmm. now oh, isn't the tour done with uh 
Yeah. So so uh, the last the technically the last show was uh, last Monday, uh, a week ago, as as of release. Yeah, was the last, I thought uh, it was. In, weren't they doing shows through like the eighteenth? No, it was, it was it was this past Monday, as of release last Monday, but the seventeenth um, was the was the last show of the tour. But then they have two shows at the Slam Dunk Festival in uh, in England in May, um, which is technically not really part of the tour. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I really, I really, I mean, obviously I really hope they put out new music, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> if I, if I didn't hope they put out new music, what am I doing here? Right? Like <laughs> that is, that is my, my desire, but, uh, you know, it really, it makes sense. I think, I think, I think they're going to put out new music. I hope sooner than later, but we'll we'll yeah, see. Gonna baked in time in their in their schedule. That's what I was getting at. They have a, a great opportunity. If oh, for the next yeah month. next three months. I honestly, part of me really thought that they were going to finish the tour and drop a surprise album because that's what everybody's doing these days, dropping surprise albums. So I really thought like there was, there was a good possibility that like on that last day in Minneapolis, they're like, by the way, new album drops tomorrow. Well, again, uh, are they performing tonight? As of recording, no. They perf- their last show was two days ago. As of recording, and as of release, it was a week ago today. They they have three shows in Minneapolis. So yeah, fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, as we're recording, it is the nineteenth. So, so they they have officially finished the tour. Um, but obviously, like you know, they live in different cities, right? Like, like I said, Jesse Jesse lives in uh, L.A. along with Tony. They don't live together, but they both live in Tony. Uh, they, they both, both live, live in Tony. Tony. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they, they both live in Tinseltown. Um, and, uh, and Matt lives in Portland, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I'd get that they'd have to, like, get together to, to record stuff. Um, but who knows? It'd also be interesting if, like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, because Tony left the band first, right? But also, Tony stopped drumming for a little while, and then he like joined a couple little bands and realized that he like he liked drumming. It was just the touring life that was killing him. And I get that, right? Like, I'd be fine if they release albums, tour an album, and then like don't tour for a couple years instead of you know just constantly touring like they like they did before, which is what you got to do, right? But, um. It would also be interesting if, like, you know, Tony comes in, does the does the album, and then Claudio, who is not currently part of a band, um, but is friends with the band, you know, does the live shows, uh, uh, Tony's drum parts. I don't know. I don't know if that's something he would be interested in. I don't know if something that's what something the band would want to do. I have no idea. Um, but uh, I, I I I feel like you know. Cl- Claudio contributed to the band and and maybe deserves to to have some sort of contribution to any future music the band does but uh as it stands he is uh not not part of the band. Um Yeah. Uh any final thoughts on Capital H? None. Cool. I like this. Oh, you know what? That's the, the the one thing. I don't remember if I. I don't. I think I must have stolen this from somewhere. Um, but uh, the, the the tattoo thing that I said. Um, that uh, like I don't have any tattoos. I don't know if did I steal this from you? I didn't steal this from you, did I? 
No. No. Okay, cool. I probably stole it from somebody on Reddit. Um, I don't have any tattoos, but if I were to get a tattoo, it would it would it would be a capital H, right? Because it's a nice, subtle like reference. You know, it's not like big and in your face. I I don't mind. I, I saw some really cool tattoos at the show, right? Like someone had like um, Daisy from My Dinosaur Life on her thigh. Someone on on her upper arm had like a representation of each of the album arts. It was really cool. I, I wish I had like taken a picture or something. Um, but there's some really cool tattoos out there. But for me, as somebody who like is not necessarily a big tattoo person and doesn't like want like a big tattoo, it would. Uh, I think it would be cool to have just a tattoo that's just like. Just the letter H, capital, and that's it. Um, uh, and it's just like nice, like, you know, if somebody asks you, like, capital H is the name of a song I like, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, some you know, some people have forget-me-nots and marigolds. You know, I think I saw somebody with one of those the other day as well. I think it's a popular one. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like the capital H idea. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I prefer... You know, I I will eventually get tattoos. I just don't, don't you know. I I definitely prefer the the subtle, the subdued, not the right. Not that I have any problem with ostentatious, but I just so personally. No, I, I think yeah. For, for some people, it's right. For some people, it's not. I, it's just yeah. like with everything, I think you know, like <laughs> um, I was talking. I used I used, I used to be a supervisor at the movie theater. And I'm like, some people, this is the job for them. Like there was there was a bartender there. She loved to bartend. Like. That's the job for you. Like, you want to bartend for your the rest of your life? I think she did. And I'm like, cool. That's great. You want to bartend for the rest of your life? Bartend for the rest of your life. She she did just, bartend for the rest of her life? Is she she did? No, no, no. She she said she was she would she would be happy to bartend for the rest of her life or something like that. And I was like, yeah, if you want to bartend for the rest of your life, bartend for the rest of your life. That's that's your choice. It's just like it's not that's not me, you know? Um so. Um you know I say that, but I want hand tattoos, so what do I know? Like on no, your hands? About, about subtle. Yeah, I like the idea of having a like a, uh, a you know as 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 close to you know quote perfect circle as possible on both my hands. Uh, I think it'd be like like upper shoulder or like chest. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it for this episode of most city podcast if you want to follow us on the internets uh we are at motion city pod on twitter motion city pod on instagram you can email us motioncitypod at gmail.com uh you can find our patreon patreon.com motion city pod that's the one thing i forgot last week i was like what did i what am i forgetting and it was patreon um mostly because i don't <laughs> i don't think anybody should want to give us money but hey if you do more power <laughs> to you um sell it <laughs> uh if you want to uh i think is that, if you want to follow us individually i'm at kuhan jake is at xfip minus that is all spelled out x-f-i-p-m-i-n-u-s uh and uh, he tweets sometimes <laughs> i just retweet you or or you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't uh, I think that's all the I think that's all the things we you can find us on. Oh yeah, we're on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh Spotify, Stitcher. 
So find us on all of those. Rate us, rate and review us on iTunes and wherever else you can rate and review us because those uh, apparently help. And I think that's it. The one last thing I forgot to mention: White Reaper, who was the opening act on the Milwaukee show, uh, who was a band who I tried to listen to a little bit of, like on um, just just in in preparation for the show, and I just like couldn't get into it. But they put on a great live show. They were really they were really fun live, and they're one of those bands who like, you know, they only did four shows with Motion City, and maybe it was just like because they like most of the soundtrack and they did it for fun, but they were on Kimmel like, um, like nice. a month ago. Nice. So like they, they are at the point where I think they could probably headline their own tour. Um, they, they honestly might've, you know, uh, but it was, it was cool to see them. And, uh, the band who was before them, I don't know who it was and it's not listed on the, um, on the motion, like on the, uh, on the website on the mostlysoundtrack.com so uh i i would love to shout them out but i don't remember what they were called but i liked them i thought i thought they were interesting it was it was they were i mean they were like more emo than like than like punk um jesus christ uh sorry i click i went to whitereaper.com and it auto plays music like it's 1997 what the <laughs> fuck guys are you fucking kidding me it's 2020 i don't want you to auto play music uh, they do appear to have a, a, a tour right now. So with the Aqua Dolls, I don't know if the Aqua Dolls are a headliner or it's a co-headline tour, no idea, but White Reaper, cool band. Um, and the other one was cool too. Uh, you don't, like I said, I saying, you don't hear a lot of like modern emo. So it was, uh, it was cool to hear. Um, that is it for this edition of motion city podcast is there something in is there something in um in this song that we can that we can close yeah, out with we'll, we'll be back tomorrow we'll be back tomorrow several tomorrows some uh yeah i don't know <laughs> songs from, singing songs from the balcony we'll talk to you Good, we'll goodbye. talk to you next goodbye helicopters of the capital age no no not happening <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.